Welcome to the People of Packaging Podcast, brought to you by Specrite. Specrite wants you to envision a world without waste. Join the movement at specrite.com backslash PKG. Hey, that's right. It's another episode of the People of Packaging Podcast. I'm your host with the Holy Ghost, the Packaging Pastor, Adam Peak. You can find me on TikTok at Packaging Pastor or on LinkedIn. Just search for my name, Adam Peak. Wanted to talk real quickly about a new sponsor for our podcast, Spark Packaging. Are you sick and tired of the same positions at your plant constantly being open or just not being filled? Maybe your facility just isn't retaining talent due to not having dedicated recruitment support. If you need contract to hire support, or you are looking to hire directly for industry professionals, Spark Packaging can help. Spark Packaging is the industry partner who provides all your recruitment and staffing needs. And and basically, listen, we all know we need a lot of that right now. If you're one of those people hearing this and thinking, hey, wait a second, that's me, then you can go to sparkpackaginginc.com backslash hiring. Once again, that's sparkpackaginginc.com backslash hiring and answer some of their questions. Once received, a Spark team member will reach out ASAP. And hey, if you get there, just tell them that I sent you. That would be awesome. Thanks so much. And let's get to this next episode. Hey, everybody. I am joined here today recording this live on the internet with Devin Nutter uh, at TAG. Devin is the head of strategic sourcing for the Americas or just Americas? It's for TAG Americas. We're a global, we're a global organization. You know, uh, so um, I'm over the, this region locally. Now, all of the Americas, like the Norths and the Souths? Well, the Norths and the Souths, but we're primarily operating mostly in the Norths. Okay, got it. And there's also the Centrals. <laughs> There's also, yeah, we have some LATAM experience and we have some operations down that way too. Well, awesome, man. Well, I'm excited. Uh, we've connected up a couple different times on some various projects uh, through Myers and, and uh, we were just started talking. I was like, dude, you got to come on the podcast. And finally, Devin, we've made it, we've made it happen here. So I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. You know, as they say, long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. I've listened to a lot of the episodes. So I'm really happy to be part of one of the people of packaging i love uh, it to, to be recognized here so it's awesome you are the you're, person you're doing great work too by the way this is uh you got a lot of people out there with their voices and i know you're a, the packaging evangelist uh you know there's, there's never a dull moment on your feed it's nice to watch uh so thanks for having me sweet man no i appreciate it yeah <clears throat> it's uh someone someone had to do it i i'm like i'm not really good at branding honestly because uh, I've got like the packaging pastor and then I'm like, I put packaging evangelist on LinkedIn recently and I was like, oh, that seems pretty appropriate. And someone was like, well, what are you? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm Adam. I don't know. I And I talk about packaging, like somebody <laughs> smart, somebody really smart with branding figured out, but packaging pastor on TikTok seems to have stuck. So I, I, that one is, that one's hanging out for a little bit. It's very alliteratory. Uh, so Devin, why don't you, uh, how did you get connected into this this crazy little world that we call packaging. Uh, long story. I, mean, I was working in, uh, you know, went to school for printing um, back in college in those days and found myself working through some technology firms and then working into like the print manufacturing space. And then from there made a leap over to 
uh, a retail agency and spent 10 years there working on a lot of like the retail signage and kits, got into a little bit of packaging. And then I came over to uh, what became Tag Worldwide about 11 years ago and started really getting into more of the POS, POP displays, packaging space, and um, really started kind of growing that way. In my in the past, um, I hate to date myself, but the past 20 years or so has been really more on the sourcing side of the business, not the manufacturing, but I have you know, some manufacturing background some, and knowledge around that. And I think that helps me to uh, kind of make quick discernment of what a supplier is capable of doing for us as a, as a business. And, um, you know, understanding, I can look at an equipment list and basically tell you whether they're going to be a good fit for us or not. Yeah. I love that. And and we're really going to, we're going to dig into that. So, so, uh, everyone buckle up if you've wanted to know what are some things that suppliers get right and some things that we get wrong. We're going to, we're going to tease us out here. Uh, follow-up question though, where did you go to college? You just said like, I went to school, like you got to shout out your school. Yeah, it's a, it's a ghost of a college now. It's, um, I'd like to say I went to RIT, but I didn't. Uh, I went to, a, it was called West Virginia Tech or West Virginia University Institute of Technology, if you want to get literal with it. But um, unfortunately, the, where I grew up in West Virginia, it's, um, it's not what it used to be. You know, a lot of the people have moved out. The school's now closed and moved to a different location. I think that there's a, a shadow of that uh, print program at a, at a community college now called Bridgemont, if I'm not mistaken. But I have a lot of alumni out in the industry that I work with, and I, I get to talk to them every once in a while. So it's great to reconnect. And back then, um, we were on the precipice of the digital front of you know what they call desktop publishing, which is basically just the way everybody works now. So I learned the manual way, and I learned in kind of the new school way at the same time. So uh, I, I always appreciate the commands when I go through them because I understand what the kerning, the letting, and you know, I understand what these all mean. And especially in Photoshop, as a photographer as well. You know, I don't underestimate the power of this technology. It's amazing. That's that's cool. And you are the first guest I've had from the, you said it's West Virginia Uni- Institute of Technology. What was that? That's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? What was the exact word? I can't remember. The exact <laughs> Pastor Evangelist, West Virginia. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were acquired by West Virginia University uh, my last year. So I take my, my diploma is West Virginia. And I'm sorry, I even get it wrong. West Virginia University Institute of Technology. Okay. Yeah. We'll view it. I don't know. Yeah, um, no, my dad went to, <laughs> my dad went to uh, Worcester Polytechnic Institute, uh, which is, uh, which is it's Worcester, right? It's, it looks like it's spelled Worcester. Yeah. That's not how they say those words. Uh, that's cool. Well, I appreciate that, that background. Uh, did you know Randy Moss growing up? Cause he's a, he's a West Virginia guy, isn't he? Um, I did not know him, but he actually, we came up around the same time and, that's um, he, yeah, so he was like two or three towns. So in West Virginia, your directions because of the mountains, there's no true North, South, East or West. So it's all based on the way water flows. So he was, uh, maybe two or three towns up river from me. Okay. So, um, actually, I, I, I stand corrected downriver for me. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, Randy's yeah. listening to this podcast and he's like, Devin, I was downriver from you. He was, he was totally downriver from me. I was up water from him. Yeah. He went to, um, play. He's from Bell, West Virginia. And I was growing up around Montgomery, West Virginia. Okay. Did you ever watch him play in high school basketball or football? 
No, I was too busy with my, my, my wife was in music and artsy nerdy stuff. And I never really gravitated wow. much to sports. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, um, if you're listening to this, I just pulled that random Randy Moss knowledge out of thin air. We did not discuss that before the call. No, that, that's pretty amazing. I, yeah. uh, I don't know where that came from or why it's there, but it's there. And that's what lives in my head. So uh, let's talk about uh, Tag America here for a little bit, uh, just so we can kind of create some context around what it is that Tag America or Tag does, right? But Tag America's does. And then where does your role fit as the head of strategic sourcing? I think we'd probably figure out you do some type of strategic sourcing and you are an important player in that particular uh, category for. The yeah. Company. So we're, you know, we're actually called tag worldwide and we're a global, uh, basically a, a marketing production agency. And um, we, we have a lot of capabilities, uh, whether it's coming from, you know, commercial shoots, uh, post work, you know, digital work, digital asset management, creative, but we also do a lot of sourcing and, and, and of uh, marketing materials, any sort of tangible marketing material. We source it, uh, whether it's you know a package, a box, uh, display, uh, promotional premiums. It, basically, if there's any sort of image on it, you know we can handle it for you. And we produce some of these products for the world's most recognized brands in retail, Lux Beauty, CPG, Healthcare, Life Sciences, and financial services sectors. Uh, and we produce them all the way from idea from ideation design uh, through the sourcing of the production assets and make sure you, and even through the delivery in the market. Uh, what we do here is we we help our clients, whoever they may be, uh, to help them solve some of the problems they're having or they're facing within sourcing, uh, performance or supply chain management and sustainability. So um, this can include some sourcing of the materials, the manufacturing, finding new ideas and innovations uh, to address some of the challenges they may have. But my job within the organization and my team's job is that we, we align the scope of business to the suppliers and make sure we have the right talent to the right need. Uh, and we're making sure we're providing those goods and services while we're ensuring that we have an opportunity to mitigate risks and promote quality and performance uh, through a vetted and qualified supplier panel. So, all the suppliers kind of funnel through our group. Uh, you know, we're really big on relationships and supplier engagement. So we get to know a lot of the players in the industry, understanding uh, who's who and, and how they do it. So we get a, a pretty interesting point of view in the industry. And it's really nice because I've worked at some manufacturing sites and always wondered what it's like outside the walls. And, um, you know, having this, this kind of elevated view of the industry is pretty interesting and it never really gets dull because a lot of times we work with clients and, um, you know, I've been here for 11 years, as I said, but I feel like I've, you know, I've worked probably 15 different jobs since then just because of how we, we work with our clients and a lot of different opportunities to come our way. That's great. Uh, a great, um, part of the, of the industry, you know, very much needed. You said, uh, um, I like the word, uh, marketing production agency. I thought that was a, uh, that's, that's a pretty solid term. Um, so are you a fan of the office by chance? Yes, I am. So there's a scene where, where Michael Scott says, uh, okay, now explain it to me. Like I'm like, I'm five. Uh, (laughs) How would you, how would you maybe summarize what does tag worldwide do? If you're talking to a, it doesn't have to be a five-year-old, right. But like somebody who doesn't know what, because obviously this is an industry podcast, right? Like we can speak in industry jargon, but mm-hmm. if you're talking to your friends, like I talk to my friends, they don't know what I do. And I'm like, I print cereal boxes. They're like, oh, cool. And also 
we make those displays you see over there. They're like, all right, neat. Like, I don't have to go into all of the complexities around that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll stick with basically my side of the, of the business and kind yeah. of the world that I'm in. So in strategic sourcing, you know, from the name of it, it sounds like we're, we're actually outsourcing the work with our clients. Uh, we, have, we don't have production assets. Uh, we're asset free. And you know, we like to use the word kind of supplier or equipment agnostic. But basically, we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to find the right, the right fit for the work. And it's, it's a careful balance of understanding the capabilities that supplier brings to the table, where their focuses are. Uh, each supplier has you know, their own niche and where they focus their, their, their work and their talents. And being able to find that right mix of the right supplier with the right work and understanding how we can leverage and balance out a, a relationship that works for all of us. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like a dating app. It's kind of like a dating app, and it, it, it kind of is, but a lot of contracts involved, right? And, uh, yeah, obviously. A lot of qualifications and audits involved. You know, I, I like to see a dating app that has all of that. You probably have nobody using it. It's true. It's true. <laughs> although, although maybe, maybe you would have more, uh, you'd have more committed relationships, if you will, if you had to go through all of that stuff. Well, that's awesome. Uh, and, and so what, what I'm excited to talk about, and I know is, is something that you are passionate about, is in the industry, I feel like I have worked for a couple of different varieties of people within the industry. And I've had people from every component of the packaging industry in terms of like, you know, sales, ops, marketing, distribution, uh, kind of like brokering, manufacturing, all prototyping all the way down the line. And Sometimes I feel as though we don't all really talk that well. So like a manufacturer like Myers will get feedback from our customers. It's, it's good. Here's another order. It's bad. I'm not going to order from you again. Right. Yeah. That's a really simplistic way of putting it. Cause it doesn't always work that way, but you know, like we, we get feedback from our customers and our prospects, but I think it's really important for the industry if, if for, to hear like from someone like yourself, who is like you said, like supplier and material agnostic to be able to say, okay, listen, I've been doing sourcing for, what was it 11 years? Uh, closer to 20. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I'm rounding up. You can round up, yeah. I guess. It's yeah. I'm rounding <laughs> up. Anyway. You're being very yeah. kind. Is what you're, what yeah, you're being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's only been what one year judging by your, your, uh, the, the gray, the little bit of gray I can see in your beard. Yeah. Or maybe just a reflection of the light. I don't know. Uh, so you take this 20 years of experience. Let's kind of distill this down into a, a couple of actionable things. So maybe I'll just ask you this question. What, what is, what are a few things maybe let's start off. Should we start off positive or negative? How are you feeling? Feeling positive. Okay. You, Adam. How can All I right. What then Devin, what are some things that suppliers do well that you've noticed over the last 20 years, maybe that we've grown into or that, you know, we've, we, we've done well from, from the get-go? Yeah. So, you know, in our position being between our clients and our suppliers, you know, the suppliers, when they get it right, are the ones who turn around and invest back in their business and they go in and they look at where the trends are. They look at where their, their capabilities fit. They're also the ones willing to have conversations around, and, and as, as are we, around strategic conversations around 
uh, capabilities. You know, if there's a, if there's something that they're taking maybe nine out of the ten boxes, how can they get into that tenth box and help us and help us work out a solution? Um, the ones that are willing to be very pragmatic in their approach on this, uh, but also um, being willing to kind of invest into our relationship because uh, we definitely re- invest back in our suppliers relationship. We want to make sure that we uh, they're treated with respect and we understand where we're coming from as well. And some of the feedback you're talking about is something that we strive to do. We want to give our suppliers feedback around their, how the performance is, is, is going with our groups. Uh, we're, we're making some pretty significant uh, technology investments right now into the company where we can give suppliers a lot more resolution on that feedback to let them understand, you know, if they're missing projects on the pricing aspect, what does that look like? Uh, if they're missing it on a service or capability aspect, we can have those conversations as well. Um, well, again, what we try to do is put the right work with the right supplier. Mm. Um, I don't want to really get into areas where suppliers are kind of reaching beyond their comfort zone. I know that some of them will do that occasionally for kind of the value add and simplicity of, you know, one call, that's all type of an approach on this, but we definitely want to make sure we're being cognizant that we're not overreaching capabilities. And that's kind of one of the things that maybe suppliers don't get right is the ability to kind of overstate their capabilities and their commitments around things um, to make them seem like they're the one-stop trade shop for everything. And um, this really comes into fruition when we're talking about ideation concepts where you might have a design team on some displays or some packaging elements where the design and the idea outpace the capability to actually execute and deliver on that product. Um, you know, you, you're kind of sold in on the design aspect, especially on the display side, you're looking at renderings, you're looking at opportunities and you, you're thinking of what this means to the shopper, how accessible it is and you know, how, how eye catching is it. But when it comes down to actually executing it and it's holding product, you know, beverage product and the, and the bottom of the display falls out, it doesn't do anybody any good and actually creates a huge mess for everybody. Um, right. This also happens too around innovation. You know, a lot of suppliers are coming to us with some really cool ideas um, and they get excited about, you know, we get excited about, and I think it's contagious. They get excited and we kind of get into this, basically the only thing that's propelling us forward is the excitement of something that hasn't been tested, that hasn't really been vetted out to ensure that there's actually supply available. Um, you know, so what another thing where a supplier gets right, kind of bouncing back and forth on that around this, this concept as well, is I'm working with a supplier right now who's doing a lot of research and we do a lot of fabric work too, like you know, the SEG graphics around frames for some of our retail clients. And um, he's looking for some sustainable materials around those fabrics. You know, a lot of them are poly materials and he's looking at something that's cotton based. So it's, it's a natural material. It can go back into the environment. It's, it's obviously biodegradable, but he's doing it in the right way. He's, he's excited about the opportunity and I'm chopping at the bit to get something to him, but he's basically asking me to slow down because he wants to make sure he's putting it to us, you know, in, in the, in a way that's actually um, feasible to be sustained, not sustainable in the environment, but sustainable in, in terms of, you know, business relationship and continuity and availability and quality. Yeah. So, you know, I really appreciate suppliers who, who take a look at that and, and go the, and go the right pace on it and basically don't allow me to pull them along. Um, you know, when I get excited about things like that too. Yeah, I, I love that. And, you know, it's, it's one of my biggest things for, for people who sell packaging is I really encourage 
people who sell packaging to be well networked with other people, including their competitors and people who are kind of in and around the same area to know who's out there because it, it is, it, I think it is your moral obligation as a salesperson to be able to look at a project. We just had an inbound lead come in for a lot of, for a lot of money today while we're recording this. And I looked at it and I was like, this is not going to be a good fit for us. And, you know, I mean, obviously it's hard. It's hard to see the dollars and be like, well, I guess if we did this and it's like, yeah, we could maybe try to cram it and force it through. But like at the end of the day, if I know in my head that there are three or four other manufacturers who are a lot better than this. And if I think it's my job to convince this company to buy from me, then you're not, you're not doing the right thing as a salesperson, right? Like yeah. it's your job to, to at least be willing to say, I don't know who can do this, but we're not a good fit. Like, that's a great answer. It's not the best answer, but it's a great answer. I'll give you a, a really interesting story about that. So when I was, I did sourcing actually for, uh, for a few years when I worked for my uncle's company in San Diego at Peak Packaging. And there was a material that we got all excited about. And I, I won't mention the material. It was like an alternative kind of paper material. And we, we start going and we had a really big uh, project that really wanted to use this paper. So we get it and we do everything. We quote it, we sample it, we mock it up. They love it. They've got a launch in, in Walmart. They place the order. We're super stoked because we got this order. And then we send it to the converter of the material. They get back to us and say, hey, the raw material supplier said, they don't have this amount of raw material and it won't be available for a few years. Yeah, that's exactly what you know? I'm talking about. And it's like, well, why did, why did we quote it? Why did we sample it? Why, if you knew the quantities, like did nobody raise their hand and say, Hey, this doesn't matter if you, it doesn't matter to quote this. Cause you can't even run it for a few years. It's just like, it just baffles the mind. And then we have to unwind it as like the sales arm of, of this thing and go back to this giant customer that was our first run with them and be like we yeah. can do coded news back and they're like nah yeah that's basically the same thing i'm getting now so that's one of the things we do for our clients is we make sure we're asking all those questions when we're going through this ideation side you know not only what does it do how does it work how does it convert how does it look how does it feel but also we could go through and make sure through the supply chain is it available is it a, you know, what's it look like where is it available regionally um, you know, can we look at, is it, is it available nationwide? Is it, is it only a local opportunity with the distributor at the moment? You know, so we're, we're kind of looking at some items too, you know, around some PVC alternatives like that. And I'm, I'm very excited about the opportunity for it. We've done some test prints on the element, but again, I'm, I'm, I need to do a little bit more pressure testing on the availability of it. And, uh, once we get that kind of dialed in to ensure that we have it, uh, then I think we're going to be kind of all systems go and ready to roll that out to the market. I love yeah, it. Some of, our, some of our clients are dying to get that thing. But you mentioned sales. You know, that's kind of when I talk about some of this overstating. You know, it stems from sales, and um, it the thing the, the sales role is so pivotal in this whole relationship and in the success of these projects that um, you know it's incredible. And it's a fine balance too for a salesperson to understand. When, you know, when can you make a risk, calculated risk? But I think you need to rely on your ops people and your subject matter experts in your company for that. 
I've worked with sales people or, or sales minded people who are basically saying yes to everything and uh, without the capability of actually understanding, can we do it? Right. You know, we can, like I said, we, if it's tangible, it's marketing. Yeah, we can do it. But when it comes into like, you know, um, kind of industrial you know, packaging or industrial sourcing of components and elements, that's not really where we play. Right. So, you know, we're not doing a lot of metal cans and, and paint cans and things like that at the moment. We, we can, but we, we had to kind of set a roadmap for it. And, to, and to, the question at the moment was the timeline was basically like something, can we roll it out in a month? And like, we've yeah. got to take a step back. And I've even had to tell a client no too. We were looking at something here with an RFID chip in it, like a, a tag. And I had, it was a great client, huge client actually. And um, we were quoting in the middle of a phase where one RFID technology is being kind of sunset, no longer developed and new ones on the horizon coming out, but it's not available. So in the middle, you have like two or three different generations where you're kind of scrambling to get it and not, you know, supply was just wasn't sustainable uh, to have your hands on it. I had some suppliers who could do it for us. We really did a lot of work on it. And um, by I had to go, like you were saying to, with, with your opportunity, I had to roll it back. It just wasn't worth the risk for us or the client. I didn't want to let the client down. My favorite salesperson that you know, I ever had was this guy named Walter Hagen who worked at a company called Legendary Graphics. It was a very small local print broker here in Atlanta where I am. And he he always would say, Devin, I'll turn you down before I let you down. And I loved, I loved it. And I'm just like, you just coined it in the most perfect way. It's very concise. And that's exactly what I want. I need people. I mean, my suppliers know me. You know, I have great relationships with all of them and um, strong relationships too, but they know I expect a lot out of them. But at the same time, they know I'll have their back when, when they're in the corner and I'll do what I can to get them out. Um, that relationship is everything and being able to be, you know, up, up front with everybody around expectations is key. Well, and salespeople, if you're listening to this, sorry, if you're listening to this and you're wondering, I don't really know if I believe this guy, go read the book challenger sale and you will see like the salespeople who can lead with authenticity and honesty and challenge and push and be willing to say no and be willing to be useful they are far and away the preferred people to work with they they tend to close more deals because it's it's a good it's a good thing to run right so salespeople listen listen to devin and for some crazy reason you don't believe this guy from west virginia then go pick up challenger sale because uh, <laughs> it, it totally proves his point uh devin you're going to say something we're, we're coming up here on the end of our time so i wanted to start wrapping her up well, I was just to say the communication, I, you know, we kind of touched on that already. That's a, it's a major component to what suppliers can do right or wrong. And it can go sideways very quickly, especially if someone's in the middle of crisis management and they're trying to internalize the, the error to try to solve it before it gets out. Um, the, your client always finds out about it, whether it's in play or after the fact or, or at the point of no return when it's too late and you're always going to end up on the wrong side of the stick on that. And again, somebody else I worked with in the past coined a phrase that you know, bad news does not get better with time. And um, I always use that whenever, you know, these type of things come up. I prefer to let, you know, our teams be aware of issues that are happening. That way we can get with our clients and understand what's happening and reset the expectations, do it much, as much as we can to get in front of it. And then one last thing here, if, I, if we can, you know, around the issue resolution aspect of it, we're talking about problems, you know, when it goes sideways, communicate them early, frequently, and often. But when the issue resolution comes down to it, you know, the remediation of getting the job out the door is just, just the expectation of getting out of the nosedive, right? What is a must, an absolute must, if a supplier wants to get something right, is a is a, an effective and a 
an efficient root cause analysis that actually goes down deep and understands what's really going on in the manufacturing process of that. And I've got a great story around that too with a, a supplier that we were working with who's doing a lot of core gut boxes for us. We were having a lot of repeat issues and um, basically I flew in with them and spent a, a couple of weeks with them and we developed a whole quality assessment program that set tolerances around every stage of the process. And that's how I learned corrugate boxes. I was going through and asking, what does this do? What's the tolerances? And, you know, I, I, I'm not an expert, but I know enough to be incredibly dangerous and incredibly effective, yeah. you know, and, and understanding what that looks like. So basically we gave them some DMAIC tools where they were actually able to go in and measure and understand what's happening. And just within like two or three months, they're able to root cause the issue down to their corrugator. And because they had all this empirical information in front of them in a process, they're actually able to lobby and get the capital expenditure. We're talking like a seven figure expenditure to get this thing corrected. And because they had done their homework and they had the facts behind them, they were able to get it done and their, their issues result, you know, reduced like around 80%. So that's a great you know, story. It's, I love it's, that. Like I said, roll up your sleeves and work with your your customers, work with your, you know, like us with with our suppliers, you know, be willing to look into the issues. And, and, and if you're if you're coming down the pipeline of a, of a problem and something goes, you know, kind of goes south on you, you know, don't go back to your messages and try to find out who or did who did or who did not communicate something. Just just get in front of it and, you know, and dig yep. everybody out of the hole. Totally agree. Completely agree. Well, Devin, this has been great. You have dropped just some some incredible wisdom here. I've got I've got some notes to you know, make some clips. Uh, I I love that uh, the the Walter the Walter Hagen quote. I'll I'll turn you down before I let you down. Is that what it was? That yeah, was legendary quote. graphics and the man's a legend in my mind. That's He's... great. I love that so much. Uh, well, how would people learn more about Tag Worldwide and how would they connect up with you? Well, I'm on, uh, obviously on LinkedIn, Devin Nutter, uh, pretty easy to find. It's a fairly unique name, uh, on the web, you know, t uh, tag ww.com for tag worldwide. Uh, we're, we're here to help out uh, with any sort of print production, packaging, marketing elements that some of our clients may need, and especially around the sourcing elements of that. Uh, we're, we have a team of experts standing by and we're, we'd love to work with you. Love it. Devin, thank you so much for your time and for, for bringing some heat, bringing some fire with, uh, for, for some of the salespeople. I think that I know a lot of people who needed to, needed to hear that. So I appreciate that. Everyone reach out to Devin on LinkedIn, uh, Devin Nutter, and then also at tag Thank you so much, Devin, for coming on the show. Thanks, Adam. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, congrats. You made it to the end of the podcast. If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.